0: Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it
1: goes! Could you believe it? Larkham has to bear to beer. Welcome to the Green and Go Rugby Podcast. We are the podcast getting you over the game line on all of the hottest topics of Australian rugby. Uh, my name's Hugh Cover. we're coming to you live, a, a rare live recording, um, we're all in the same room and actually we have a microphone which may or may not improve the audio quality uh, here in, in Jamie Mills, palatial North Sydney apartment, and Jamie, um, welcome, welcome home. Thanks, it's, nice. it's great to be
2: here. I- would love it if it was a little warmer in here. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very difficult to tell over the podcast, but for some reason, uh, we can't, between the three of us, work out how to operate the heating, and the air says it's currently 16.3 degrees in here, so... Yeah,
1: the air temperature is actually colder than my beard. Uh, <laughs> but, anyway, nice. And, and that third voice you hear is, of course, Matt
0: Rowley. Matt, how's things? Good, mate. Just bringing my complaining wherever I go. Well, um, you compted. i complaining content. about the air. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, just
1: still outraged from the treatment I received in the last podcast. the last podcast, I tell you what, you were really it there, didn't you? I yeah. mean, what's your side of the story? The, the, for those who didn't hear, I think uh, uh, Jamie and Matt had made arrangements to watch the Waratah Super Rugby semi final at 11 pm, but Matt. Uh, pulled out at the last minute due to what was it, mate? was the, I had a
0: heavy week. <laughs> I had a very heavy week that week uh, with work commitments, and um, yeah, it all kind of caught up with me and my age. I've got to say, I'm up past eight o'clock tonight. That's good, yeah, um, very it's not impressive. Bad, I think
1: so. Anyway, yeah, trying to trying to make up for it, make up for it. <laughs> well, let's get stuck in. Big big week in rugby, considering really there was there was um, not a huge amount going on on the field. Um, in Super Rugby or in Test Rugby, I suppose, from an Australian perspective. But uh, our five questions tonight, um, number one, did we learn anything from the trial? Uh, Number two, any surprises in the Wallaby squad? Number three, what the hell is happening at the Reds? Number four, did Richie Mwanga play his way into the all-black number 10 jersey? And number five, around the ground. So starting with question one, Jamie, I'll start with you. You were there. Um, Did we learn anything from the trial on Friday night with the Wallaby 15... Um, convincingly beating the Super Selection 15 by about 60-odds, 12. Well,
2: I-, I thought we learned
1: a lot. Uh, we learned
2: how keen thousands and thousands of people are to turn up for the privilege of buying a $7.50 VB on the hill. <laughs> uh, I certainly learned a lot about what retired rugby players uh, are wearing fashion-wise. I was standing <laughs> right next to Drew Mitchell and Stephen Hoyle, who were both wearing these Sort of jeans that were like very big in the arse and thighs. You know, we all have that. But then they tapered off very sharply down the bottom into skinny jeans, and they looked, frankly, quite ridiculous. Um, well, keep so away from eastern suburbs, don't they? <laughs> <Well, laughs> uh, now that you're back, uh,
0: if you don't, yeah, yeah that's a important you know lesson. Like
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we learned that. Uh, what else did we learned? We, we learned that Tom Banks is really, really fast. Um, yeah, and can tackle too. And can tackle. I mean, there are two. Try saving tackles. I mean, he has genuine express pace. He's not just quick. Yeah. When you see him live, you're like, oh, wow. It's like he's, he's like he's in Super Mario Brothers and he's just got the invincibility star. He's like going so much faster than everyone else. And he's a
1: carbon copy of Chris Latham. Yeah. See, you know what? Everyone says that, but I'm yeah. going to go a different comparison. And this is why I'm not 100% ready to throw him into test rugby yet. I think he's Jesse Mogg 2.0. Oh! <laughs> like, think oh, about Like, yeah, the big yeah. booty. He's got Jesse Mogg, same thing. Yeah. Wiry sort of brumbies outside back. You know, came on at the same great kicking game. It's fast, you know... Had that, and then we put him into that blitterslow, and and all of a sudden he was under the high balls and had Maranu running at him, and you thought, oh, maybe not. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same way about Banks. I think he's great. I like it. I like his play a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm ready to throw him into a blitterslow just yet, though. I'd like to see him cut his teeth on a yeah. on an you know, Argentina, maybe, or something in the end I, of season two. I, I think
2: the length comparison is largely because of how he kicks the ball. Like he kicks it with, yeah. like dead straight. He's going to be the soft ground, on the angle. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I got to disagree with with Hugh. I think he's I think he's ready. I think he's there. And uh, you got to give a shout out to Rugby Reg, who's been saying for about two years that he's there and that the Reds should never have let him go uh, because he just looks like a class act. I don't begrudge him.
1: As, uh, like if he gets picked on the bench, I'm not going to complain. I think that's probably, excuse me, where he could end up. But um, I mean, I, I don't think we'll see him start. No, I mean, no, there's, no, no, no. There's, I mean, I think Michael Checker has picked his side long before the trial, long before. You know, um, probably even the Island series, he he knows the teams that he wants to pick, which is why on the field, Matt, I think that the trial was was, um, you know, there there was some nice performances, guys like Luke Antui as well as Richard Harwick, and and these sort of blokes. But really, we didn't learn a huge amount in terms of you know the actual makeup of the team, did we? No, I
0: don't think so. Um, and probably for a lot of the reasons that you guys discussed last week, is that it's hard to say it was a hard. You know, it wasn't like an all blacks probables and possibles type thing where you just you had team A against team B and you were kind of doing trade offs. Um, There was some really impressive play. I mean, Marika Corabetti's try yeah was just freak show. And uh, if you could repeat that, that'd be great. Um, I'm just trying to you know dig into my memory banks for kind of who also stuck out. I really like Jake Gordon. I thought he had a really good game. Um, Continues. I'm not quite sure why at Wallaby level he's not the default second where there's yeah, not where, I there's, kind of agree, where there's not um, so Phipps, um, we know if the Waratahs pulled it out of the bag kind of with that last match uh, was it the last match? No, the last match but, has caught, yeah, last yeah. match but one but having said that, I just thought Gordon's been solid um, in every game he's been in. I still haven't seen the shocker that meant that he got Yanks in front of Phipps I and mean, I don't know why it seems to be almost like, you know it, you know is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Kind of looking around um, every time we get to Aussie level. Um, I don't get why. Don't get why he's not getting more of a shout. He's got a better. He's got a better kicking game than Phipps. I think he's good, as good as a. As, yeah. it's not, not hard, okay. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Again,
2: the, the, the look on my face is not really showing on the podcast. But. Um, Daring
0: with fake praise, right? Yeah, there. But, I, but he seemed to be, you know, when um, outside of Genia, um I thought he was having, you know, a great game. Yeah. And he swapped sides, and even when he, he, I think he scored a try when he was on the wing. And, he did, and didn't look sp- out of place. So anyway, I, I thought he put his um, hand up from that perspective. The other thing we learned though was how delightful it is to watch a game of rugby without the TMO. Yeah. I mean, it was just noticeable. And I did get... I got a lot of likes on... I said the same thing on Twitter. I got a lot of likes. I did get someone coming back and saying, yeah, because it was in a game where there was nothing in Yeah, that's right. And I get that. Um, but... if If you didn't have... A producer at the ground showing replay upon replay yeah. straight away. You you wouldn't know and you wouldn't care. Yeah, and the game would move on. And it's such a faster game. You're, you're watching a completely different experience with that with no yeah. TMO.
1: Although, I, th- you know, I think they were lucky in that game in the sense that the few controversial decisions, or you know, there was a few the Tom Banks covering tackles. That it, it's sort of um, they were also fifty fifty in P. You wouldn't. It wasn't like there was an obvious knock on before a try or something. I think that would trigger. I think some people, if there was something that everyone could see at home in plain sight on TV and then the the, the on-ground referee missed and then all of a sudden everyone's going, oh, wow, I know what you mean.
2: It's all relative, right? Because
0: I remember back in the day when you only had the one or two camera angles, you didn't have a super slow-mo, you didn't have 20 cameras, and yet every now and again the ref would make a howler, right? And you'd go, oh, right? But I think it's the same level of complaining as we now have when you have super slow-mo 20 cameras and it's like at that... Yeah, pace. Yeah. You then see the howlers that the TMO makes and it doesn't feel any better. No. And and, and the sacri- and the sacrifice we've made is the pace of the game yes. and the rhythm and everything else. It's a real I think it's a real interesting one in terms of it's almost like a psychosocial experiment of can you put the genie back in the, belt, in the bottle, right? And um because you would make it a better game. You'd make it a better game for everybody to watch. And what's the what we've seen is You can super slow-mo it, you can have two TMOs, you can do what you want, and there's still going to be debate, and everyone's still going to be pissed off, and there's still going to be mistakes made. It doesn't make it a no-mistake situation. I think it's been fascinating... As a sort of, I don't know, as a sort of a, well, do you, an experiment. Well, do
1: you just accept, it, let's go down this rabbit hole, Good. which is not going to happen, let's acknowledge this, but like if you just said, we're banning the TMO because really everyone's, we're going to accept the fact that everyone's going to be pissed off at the end of the day. That there's no, no solution that can make everyone happy, so we're just going to focus on pace of play and keep the game rolling. Yeah, and, and then so really we've got two scenarios, one where the game's slow and everyone's pissed off, and one where the game's fast and everyone's pissed off, and we're going to take that one. But you've just painted yeah. you the perfect... Oh, I job. know, I know, but you're, you're not... If, if you're a
0: smart money man, you go, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Unless there's some sort of, I don't know, programming bump they get because they get an extra half an hour of TMO show. You know, kind of... <laughs> you throughout. Totally.
1: I'd if that was the region. But you've seen the AFL on the weekend blew itself up over goldmine technology, and then all I've got to do is work out if the ball went through the two <laughs> sticks. I'm like, still can not know get that right. You know? Yeah. It costs Adela- Adelaide game. Jamie, um, at the ground, I mean from from being from being there in the flesh. I mean, what was the mood like in the crowd? I mean, it's having a crowd crazy. of what, almost ten thousand. It, mean... it was a great vibe. I went with a couple of friends. We had a, a spot
2: on the hill behind one of the goal lines. Uh, it was great. The access to the beer and pies was a bit limited. Uh, like Artovol's, not quite yeah. there yet. But um, it's like the SFS. It is like the SFS, just like the SFS. Um, hard to get in and out. Yeah. Uh, the the Uber on the way out to the karaoke joint was going very very slowly. <laughs> um, actually, we stopped at a Chinese restaurant first for a bit of you know. <laughs> um, but look, it was a great vibe, and everyone was smiling and cheering and, and pleased to be there. I mean, for a game that was pretty half-assed and was set up only a week in yeah, advance on a Friday night, uh, pretty and a really hard place to get to from the Sydney CBD in, in some ways it was pretty impressive.
1: So my take on this is is I think. I mean, people mm-hmm. like free shit. Free. It's free stuff. And, and I think what it means is, as well, is not even like. Te- okay, so we've seen. Uh, the other one I'd pull out is the Sydney Sevens, where they charge $20 tickets. And all of a sudden, what that means is instead of you you bring you're one or two extra people and every group of three becomes a group of five and every group of six becomes eight and, you know, you have this multiplier effect where all of a sudden you can bring a, a, a wife or a kid or whatever it is along and, and Or multiple wives, out. depending <laughs> on right, where you're from. Bring your families. Yeah, and especially in this one where not only is it that, it's, it's free. So There's no online. You haven't got to faff around with an online port. You haven't got to print tickets. You just turn up. And I think there's a barrier in people's heads. And there wasn't even the Tarsus year. And, and, you know, I'm, I consider myself a, a strong TARS fan and went to a game, but there was another Saturday night where I thought, oh, well, you know, I think I might go to, the, go to a TARS game. And you look it up and, and the tickets to the TARS game, I have been sitting in the press box for now six, seven years <laughs> and I've been explaining, you shouldn't laugh, you've been in the chairman's box, you can't, you can't talk, but they're expensive. Like like a, a a decent seat of the Tars game is eighty dollars, yeah. well, and that's on a, And then that's they were playing like the they were playing the Lions or you know a team where I knew they would only get a crowd, of, yeah. and they lost twenty nine. I was glad I didn't go to that game. Yeah. But you know like so for me and someone else that's one hundred and sixty bucks. And yeah, I could have got a cheap seat and probably walked around to a to a really good one. But that's a that's a huge barrier for people. I was just about to say an
2: unnamed friend of mine was telling me just last night that he loved those twenty seven dollar behind the post. Tickets that you could get, and then walk around to the halfway point <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've always had this this theory that it would be an interesting experiment. in new south especially for a team like the Waratahs, or you know, I know the Rebels. I think tried it a little bit this year with their memberships. But like going super cut price and see what happens. Yeah. So we're going to do an experiment where we're going to try, you know, twenty dollars tickets for general entry, forty bucks if you want a nice seat, um, and then see what happens. And then kids, kids getting free. Or you know, kids getting through if they're wearing their club jersey or their school jersey or something like Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, I think you know
0: the answer to that is that the same rust is on, turned on, any turn up anyway. And you know, to make up for the, the halving in the seat price, you're not going to get no, you don't right. get the dividend. You're going to yeah. get you're going to get you're going to get a small bump, but you know, probably not. I think what though you could see um, even through the live stream, which was bloody good, mm-hmm. um, at, at Lockhart Oval was. You got that vibe that you got at North Sydney for the shoot final, mm-hmm. um, which was that you know beautiful ground, kind of a bit of a I don't know, like a, a bit of a retrovision vibe, you know, um, you know, um, good old fashioned The only thing then that they need to solve, which was been in when I went to that North Sydney experience, was as you said, getting a beer and a pie. You know, you know, that's kind of like that'd be the deal. Yeah. Like you know, I'll turn up and I'll even pay ten or twenty bucks to turn up. Yeah, if I can get if I can easy access. To, and all it needs to be is like, you know, a can of green death or whatever. Yeah. But you know, don't make it tough. And at North Sydney Oval for that final, yeah. like at half time like suddenly you could only buy one beer and then you couldn't buy any or something. It was just yeah. Yeah, But that's
1: bigger. the truth, is that you wanna go to the nineteen fifties and you gotta go to the 1950s. You get fifties <laughs> atmosphere but you get fifties facilities. No, as well. 1950s, you you gotta be gonna the toilet. You <laughs> can drink a slab and drive home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know, I, I found it a really interesting experiment I think the ARU, um, or Rugby Australia, kudos to them And kudos to Michael Checker and the their team for putting that on Because I think, um, you know, these days there's so many reasons not to do something like that With yeah. what, what about injuries, and what about, oh, responses and the ground All of these things that would have been in their way And, and just to push them in no They just it happen. Throw sure. open the gates They just, just said, look, up, it's, it's going to happen The, the game's going to be on Turn up. That's it and now you feel like, you know, you put that in, next year you, you do the same thing, you, you maybe combine it with a fan day or something, you do it on a Friday and get a few school groups in or something, you, you can build it into something a little bit bigger, and, and, and the best part was no injuries, so I mean, I think that, that thing, the concept starts to lose its luster if you've got someone go down with a knee injury or something yeah. like that. and go I and, think
2: the other good thing was, it was good to see Matt Tadour back. Yeah mm. You know I think With like a prodigious yeah. yeah I mean he's, he's he's always been A quality player He's always been a, I think a bit underrated Partly because You know his defence And his kicking game Is so good that you forget That he's actually A really good distributor Loves to take the ball To the line Because he loves to get hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he, you know He really squares the shoulder And puts people through holes And he did look a little rusty the first 20 minutes But uh you know, we, we're desperate for depth in those positions, so it's great to have him. Yeah, there.
1: Um, for the for the Super Team, um, that was the more interesting one for me. I, I like seeing some of those guys I hadn't seen much of. Uh, Andrew Deegan at ten, um, coming out of the force, and I mean he's a Sydney product, I think Scots College, but uh, played. I think he might Jones. have been Joes. Oh, okay, there you go. Um, might have been a, a Waratah squad member for a little bit before going over. Um, I was really impressed with him I think his defence was something uh, we haven't seen from an Australian 10 for a long time just a lot of I mean he took a, I think he tackled a charging Caleb Timu late in the game and with a full head of steam went, went low cut him down um, and I thought that was really impressive his attack was, was pretty decent on the back of a pack that wasn't particularly dominant but um, I think you'd, you'd say a few super teams would probably be looking at him and I mean I, could, I think he'd probably be better suited than most of the Rebels 10s and yeah. the Brumbies 10s
0: yeah well when we started going to New Zealand for those what was his name uh Howra. 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 yeah no but he's at the Brumbies right there um, who's the guy that you had oh what's his name was oh Jackson oh Garland yeah Garden. Garden. variety um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought um but you talked about uh uh the guy he just tackled, what am I? Timu. Timu, because um, what I thought was interesting was seeing him and then also Tui. Tui. I thought Tui yeah, had a better Tui, yeah. um, And you suddenly thought, oh, hello, is this, have we, unfortunately it was running against other, another Australian team, <laughs> but, you know, you started to think, hang on, have we found a bit of a ball running forward um, there because he was hitting the line really hard, flat, at yes. pace and, and bending it. Um, and you could really see that, um, which was nice to see that, you know, the Aussie team mm-hmm. had a bit of rhythm in that. You know, they had. You could see that they had their their structures and they knew what they were looking to play to already. I thought, um, and I thought he was looking like he was he was fitting in there really, really nicely. Yeah, um, and then Teemu, I think, came in came better um, at the towards the back end of the game. Um, but anyway, so yeah,
2: I'm still I'm still a bit jury out on Teemu. I think he always looks really good against bad teams. Yeah, and he did score two tries, but they were right in front of where I was, and by that stage of the match, the defence had just Really switched off. Yeah, a little Yeah, I think
1: that's his time. I think off the bench, I mean, I'd be really interested to see him get a chance off the bench. And I think coming on, get some tired legs in the last 20, he might be that energizer bunny. You know, take a almost a yeah, he's really big as well.
2: Like when you see him up close, he's like he is big in every direction. He's like big and broad and and big in the legs, and he's just able to. He's actually just difficult to tackle because he's yeah.
1: so huge. Well, the one I was impressed by as well, Richard Hardwick for, for that super team. That try mm. he almost scored. Oh. Taking a pill from him and then, and yeah. then yeah. outrunning running Maddox and it. I wanted him to score it, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the highlight <laughs> real try. Yeah. I mean, how is he sitting on the bench behind Colby firing at the Rebels? Yeah. I mean, hard that's one of those ones where you go, can't we pick him up and put him in, I mean, put him in the Reds maybe? Or, you know, we've unfortunately got so many sevens that we don't know what to do with ourselves across all teams. But yeah. um, that was Jeez, I thought he was impressive. Which is probably a nice segue into, into our next question, which is, uh, were there any surprises in the Wallabies squad? Which was announced, I think it was a 36-man and really, um, I mean, a couple of debutants, but the ones that have been involved, I think, through the um, autumn, or oh, the winter internationals, I suppose, Jack Maddox, Tom Banks, I think it was another one. And I suppose the only left field one was young Jordan Pataya from the Queensland Reds, who is still, I believe... Nineteen years of age, and, and if he debuts, will be the first teenager to do so since James O'Connor. Yes. it's a big if. I was just about to say, is he nineteen or is he eighteen? He's very young. He's one of the two. But I, I must 20.
2: say, when he was included, uh, the person I did immediately think of was James O'Connor, mm-hmm. and uh, how extraordinarily promising that seemed, and then how quickly it went
1: downhill. <laughs> oh, uh, so you're calling it now, James, o, J, James O'Connor. Two point. No, no, no I'll look, uh, poor bloke. I think,
2: poor I think, <laughs> You don't, don't hang that on me. That's <laughs> just, just, just copying it here No, look, I think is very talented but it, it was definitely a thing with O'Connor where we rushed him a bit early and he definitely had it on the field but off the field he never learned to integrate his rugby into like an actual broader life like an adult has to uh, and that ended up being a huge problem uh, I mean he was yes. you know he was done with us by the time he was 23
1: I think Chica but, should, should, have, sh- these, should have played 120 tests mm, should still be there I mean I think Czechos squads have got this remarkable stability now in this in this last sort of six months period, I suppose, which is really it seems it's got a settled feel to it, doesn't it? You don't get these squads where you go. Hang on, why the hell is that? You know, we have... Uh, as much as I hate to hark back, but, you know, the Dean Mum era and these sort of people where he he dust off these ageing waratars or pull someone like Leroy Houston yeah. back from the UK. We're
0: still in the Rob Simmons, Simmons era. <laughs> yes. Hey, I, 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 I'll, I, I'll defend Simmons. I mean, mean his big blue, Sky yeah. Blue Rob.
1: Yeah, New got... South Welshman forever. Yeah. <laughs> Something about that Sky Blue has just brought out the best in him. He actually looks pretty good no, at the end of the season. He, he was good off the bench in that Island series. But look, I, I mean... <laughs> (laughs) But even then, like, even Simmons, who, you know, is is divisive. I think most people go, well, there's a case for a line out operating lock. And I think I seem to remember, maybe my memory's failing me, but two years ago, you put up a squad on the front page of the website, and you get 200 comments of frothing anger from some quarter of. Of, of, of a player or two or well, three that you know, it was, it was Denmark was always the, always the one
2: right? yeah. Well, yeah. There was we, we haven't talked about the third person who fits that category who had a, a very special weekend which is Mr. Quade Cooper
1: oh yeah well that's right No, I mean that's the thing we've, 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 <laughs> we've died <laughs> on the Quade Cooper debate It's it, like that, my, my comment is the only surprises is there's no surprises it's just you know, it it's, it's hard be, to think of a mean, universally approved 36 man squad in a 36
2: man squad almost everyone was going to make it. Uh, yeah. I still can't quite work out why Henry Spate's there. I know his defence is pretty funny, but sometimes he plays for the Brumbies, and you think, wow, this guy is incredible. Like, he just bust tackles like it's nobody's business. And, yeah. Uh, just
1: uh, They just seem to have moved away from him, and you know, Naivalu's in the squad. They're the same Yeah, players. Naivalu's a surprising one, A little bit. I mean, I love Naivalu, but, I mean, he hasn't yeah. done much. I no, mean, he hasn't no. had many opportunities. He's been injured again. But, He's had a lot of injuries. He hasn't stood up. I'd, I would have thought, this, between those two
2: guys, I would have thought Spate would be getting the nod overall. But... Uh, no. What oh, no, I've still got,
0: you know, just, I don't know, you know night sweats. The headless chook.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, think, uh, running around trying to tackle three people because you've missed the person you should attack on. But, but, yeah.
2: but I think the solution to that is, you know, the Wallabies play this bizarre format with one open side winger and then one winger who plays in the line where Hodge and Corabetti play. That's where we need to put him, around other defenders who can make him feel no. secure, Yeah.
1: It's not because tackling's bad, per se. It's no, no, it's no, the tackling's good. Cool. The ability to understand who to tackle. Yeah. But there's no one, I mean, I'm trying to think of people that could feel aggrieved of not being in the Wallaby squad. I don't really think there is anyone. I'm aggrieved. I mean, I'm aggrieved. I always I'm, am. Yeah, I've always I've just come
2: back, I'm <laughs> eligible again. Signed on.
1: That's right. I'll well, tell, you, really one,
0: one, I tell you the one thing, it's though, that has been out of, well, it was out, and it was out of the Waratahs, and I don't think I've got a chance to weigh on about this um, because it was past my bedtime. After the other podcasts, but was the difference, you know, the lack of Michael Hooper in the in the Waratahs yeah. for that last three games was just palpable. Yeah, Um it was just the the impact that he made, and it was like because he hadn't because he'd been there for so long and you just become used to it, and the you yeah. would just become used to it. Right, is just the impact that he would make, and the in it, and the it things it's both impact and work rate. So, you know, there's the amazing runs through the middle of the field, there's the crazy-ass tackles on the try line where he's chased a guy down 100 metres, da-da-da-da. And then it's just, he's just always there. Yeah. Um, And I think in the Waratahs, suddenly he just went, whoa, and they kind of had to relearn how to play, you know, kind of without him. They didn't, you know, I think it was Will Miller, who was playing at seven, Mm -hmm. um, you know, gave it a pretty good nudge. But I mean, geez, to try and cope with that. So to see him back... Um, I think in the war- in the Wallabies uh, will be will be really reassuring. I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping he's back. It looks, sounds like it's possible. Sounds like a thing. Yeah, yeah, um, But I tell you what. In terms of the, just imagine though, like Pocock had gone down with his next knee injury at Leichhardt Would we be sitting here glowing about that? Oh. The, the check is brilliant idea.
1: Look, I, I think I think with anything, you know, I think the argument was set in the lead up, but. You have gotta I mean what's the tra- the trade off is we, we go in underdone and we lose to the Bucks I mean yeah. you've gotta it's a risk reward thing I suppose and you've gotta go well if we want these guys to be battle hardened and ready to go from, from minute one of the blood is low, which they haven't been for the last two years, I mean yeah. what's the what's the trade off there? I mean I think you know, you if they wanna do hard training sessions, that's the likelihood of happening is, yeah. is there as well. I mean you could just slip in the shower as well. I mean it's it's it, yeah, but you're right I mean, it's a bit like that Jack Dempsey injury From that Barbar- Mickey Mouse Barbarians game Yeah I mean, And now he's still out From that He's not even in the, the squad oh, that, that was a shocker
0: um, But the one that So I don't know if we touched On this earlier I'm trying to remember now But uh, was Surely the biggest question Was So he's playing thirteen?
1: Yeah Well, I, I, I yeah. reckon Hodge It's going to be Hodge I reckon Hodge yeah. Is Birmingham's
2: favourite I, I mean, I, mean I, I think we are A lot weaker without one of those two guys in that 13 jersey oh, yeah. because we use the 13 in such a monotonous way. It's like vital to our structure. But I think if you described Hodge's skill set in the abstract, you'd say, oh, that's at 13. Like, yeah. That's probably the position. The more he plays at 10, the less
1: convinced I am he is at 10. Oh, yeah, I agree there. He's just not a natural distributor. He does lots of other things. I would pay a Uya at 12. I think there's still a prospect away. But I think the thing about Hodge in that trial was he didn't stand out, but he didn't have no. to. You know, that was the... He was never going to in that sort of a game. It wasn't a game for 13s. It was sort of a... Um, yeah, and he just made his tackles and, and took his hit up. So, I don't know. I think the weird thing about Hodge is, you know, there's some places that have got all the
2: talent in the world, but they just don't seem to to perform or deliver or contribute. Whereas he's the opposite. Like... If you look at his individual skill, you're like, "Oh, he's quite good," but he just overperforms. He's always scoring that key try. I mean, how many tries has he scored for the Rebels? He just manages to do it, or he manages to make that key tackle. It's just something about him, and I think he's the sort
1: of guy who will help the other players play better. And you forget the last winners' I've won was basically two clutch penalty kicks from him. You know, he kicked one from fifty-five and and then one from the sideline on the forty-meter line. And the intercept, he scored. scored, And he he scored the the intercept as well. Yeah, that's right. Again, doesn't look very fast, but no one caught him. Oh, here. Yeah, he it looks is. like he looks like he's running through mud, but he's somehow there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we probably should move on, which is which is, um, I mean, with Reg not here, this seems a bit cruel. But number question three is: what the hell is happening at the Queensland Reds? Um, with word this week that not only is Simon Karevi looking for a way out of his contract, um, or certainly I think he's off contract and looking to maybe head south, oh. um, but also Luke Antuhi is another name who is whilst signed on for another for another year or two, is already looking of a way out uh, of his current contract. Um, Seth Fagasy, a uh, uh, prop, has looked like he's gone and signed with Canterbury for the NPC, and and his dad will return to the Queensland Reds. So um, it's a bit lean at the moment and certainly looks like more people are certainly headed for the exit, not to mention the issues with Quade Cooper, Carl Michael Hunt and James Slipper who obviously made his return to rugby this week um, in the trial game. So And looked good, doing. not yeah. Looked good too. I mean, so Matt, I think speaking for our Queensland people, um, you can fill in for Reg. I mean, what is happening <laughs> at the Queensland Reds? Oh, look, and um, I've only got,
0: you know, one piece of sort of, I guess, insiderish info, which is probably, you know, it's not exactly super secret, Um, but before I get to that bit, which would be that, look, in an organisation like that, when you need to do cultural turnaround, because would anyone say that they want to repeat what the Queensland Reds have done in the last, you know, three, four, five years, um, I think most people would say no. So it's not like, oh my god, how dare you tinker with what's clearly a winning playing group. Yeah. Um, in fact, if anything you go, it's a fairly disastrous playing group in terms of results. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean there aren't there isn't some talent in there. There's a lot of talent in there. But in terms of how it's, you know, it's not like you're saying, oh, there's a winning playing group, we need to keep it together. It's like, it's not. So it may it well be, and this is, this is, there's no inside and this 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 is just mingling from the outside, it is a bit of a, and he's also somebody who wasn't exactly hot on the Brad Thorne right. um, appointment just from, What it looked like from the outside, but I do wonder, you know, when you make in change management, sometimes, you know, the the only way you can do it apart from just sacking everyone, and sometimes you don't have that option, right? You can't pay them all out, you can't make them all redundant, and you just can't fire them because of the goddamn law. The the only thing you can do is you can say this is the way we're going to be, this is what our culture is, this is how we're going to work, and people will leave because they'll go, sorry, that's not for me, and they basically self-select out. And you can say that's you know, right or wrong, and the direction you take it might be right, it might be wrong, but it's basically a classic old change management technique where you just kind of raise the pace or you change the pace or the direction or whatever, and people self-select. And it always looks like people in all those organisations say, oh my God, so-and-so's leaving. It'll all fall apart if you do that. And you go, no, I'll get somebody else, and actually they'll come and they'll be the person I want. And the person I'll choose for the right skill set and the right attitude and everything else, and then you can rebuild. But, you know, year one or two is, you know, you fracture that, you change it, and then people have to go through that process of going, okay, I don't fit and I move on. And I do wonder if that might be what we're looking at with Thorne. I mean, it's fairly clear he's got a fairly strong way of that he thinks about the game and the way he wants them to play the game. It may well be the opposite to how Queensland's played for quite a few years in terms of the sort of physicality, the defence and all that everything else he's looking for, what is clear is that he wanted to build that around a solid forward platform and he's done that in a set piece and maybe it's now time to start moving through the other parts of the team and sort of say, you know, if you want to stay here this is the way it's going to need to be and there might be a few people who are self-selecting out and just saying that's not the way I see myself playing rugby, Yeah. question mark, that's not, no one's told me that from the inside out. the one piece that I do have from, when I say inside out, is so people connected to, to the game, um, is one of the big questions people have and they hold this over Thorn, which is, but, you know, so why the hell isn't he choosing Quade Cooper? Um, now, why the hell is me choosing Quade, uh, Carmichael Hunt, um, I think would be, uh, I think it's a pretty clear answer to that. Why not Quade Cooper, who hasn't had exact, hasn't had the same problems of Carmichael, um, that have been fairly famous in the press, is, you know, I think the thing that, and this goes back to, remember Link in 2011, right? And everyone said, right, the reason why, part of the reason why the Reds worked so well in 2011 was, basically they let Quade do what Quade wanted to do, and they just structured the back line around him. And, you know, Diggers would be on the inside, so he could always dump the ball to Diggers, and the Diggers played that role perfectly well. Quade would magic up a bit of stuff around the, you know, you know, on the outside, and back then he would still take the ball to the line, right? He no longer takes the ball to the line, that, so that's kind of gone. It's therefore, you've lost that threat. I think it's harder to design a game around that, but you have still got the fact, you know, lack of defence and the discipline issues. And so, the idea that I think many coaches would build a, um, you know, would build strategy around that would be pretty flawed. It means it's not, it's not going to last very long. What I, what you know, what I understand is though, you know, Quay is Quay. and that's the way he likes to play. He knows the way he plays the game, and if a coach says, but that's not the way we're playing. Quaid still plays the way that Quaid's gonna play and you know, and in fact we'll let everyone know about it. And so if you're someone like a thorn who's working on culture change and structure change, that's just not gonna fit. Um, and so and look and, and I you know so I would think if that's the case, you know, how do you choose the guides? But you know, all of you know, Queensland fanboys are all going, Oh, surely you can find a place for him. It's like look, you know, if the if, if it's about the either the team plays around Quade or there's no Quade,
2: it looks like the, the question's answered. Do, do you want to tell everyone what happened with Quade in the Brisbane club semi on the weekend? Oh, you, you people might not know. <laughs> you, you, get, you can find it on the YouTube, right? Yeah, you can find it on the YouTube. Um, about 15 minutes to go, Souths are down by a point, they get a penalty right in front of the sticks, about 10 metres out. Uh, as I said, 15 minutes to go and Instead of putting the ball through the sticks, which was the logical 10 out of 10 choice and the best choice for the team, Cooper puts in a cross kick into traffic, and the winger definitely knows what he's on about, goes up and catches it, but falls dead. Uh, he goes over the dead ball line before he puts it down, and they end up losing. Uh, and I, uh, as Reg said to us a couple of days ago, he said it was just the most quiet thing you can imagine. That's his entire career in one moment. Try something outrageous, pulls it off, pretty much, mm-hmm. but it's not the right choice. Um, but just returning to what uh, Matt was saying about, you know, management change and, and trying to get people out the door, remembering Matt's at Fairfax, who definitely knows a lot about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, But,
1: uh,
2: you know, I, I mean, it's true. I can totally understand why Craig Cooper's not there, but there is no question. You, you would have thought no matter which direction the Reds are going in the future,
1: Lucan Tui, Asamu yeah, uh,
2: Karevi, and uh, Isaiah Parisi, who's also heavily linked out the door to rugby league. Those three guys are definitely part of the answer. You want to put those guys on four-year contracts. Those guys are critical to what you're doing in the future. Um, and it's extremely... if Sam was the captain. Yeah,
1: Sam is the captain. Lucan yeah, you know, is
2: captain. this huge promising forward. And Parisi is the guy, the only thing that stood between the under-20s last year and complete oblivion. I mean, they just gave him the ball to make things happen. I mean, he was just such a standout. Um, and if I were a Queensland fan, I'd be extremely concerned. Yeah,
1: because you, you can understand the Hunts, the Slippers, the, the Coopers. Um, yeah, that, that makes that makes sense. Andrew Reddy, who's um, got some hairs on him as well. But, yeah, you've got to think it's worrying. So, I mean, I don't know, Matt, going back to this analogy around a change management, I mean, do you... Um, and I'm not an expert in this, this at all, but, I mean, you know, it, it's all well and good to set your culture and people stop selecting. But, I mean, at what point do you, do you have to... Um, Look at the people who are, and, and you know, do you consider a change of tack if the wrong people are self-selecting? You know, the ones that are your valuable assets start walking out the door. I mean, at what point do you go? Well, hang on. Actually, you know, if, if we, we've got to be careful how we do this here, because you know, Lukaku he's just walked out the door, and he's the guy that we needed to build our forward pass. Well, in, in that case, in that,
0: but in that case, you've then got you've only got one choice, and it's a stark one, right? Because you either back. The leader you put in place to make that, to make that, um, decision or, or you don't, you don't really have any other choice. You don't yeah. go, well, I'm backing you except you make the wrong decisions. You don't have to keep hold of those guys. And you can only assume if there is, you know, if this is all part of master plan and it's not just like a, you, know, you never know what other events can kind of roll into things right Like, you know, oh and you never know
1: what's happening in the back rooms exactly. and, the and, and, and people's yeah. private
0: lives and whatever else yeah but um, then I mean it is possible that it's the stuff up and you just haven't brought those key people with you usually what you do is you say the people you really want to keep you do whatever you need to do to keep those whilst you you know kind of push the rest out but usually they, if they're the right people and it's the right thing you're trying to get to they themselves still to stay in stay in usually yeah so I mean, you know, you know, that's
1: the you one. could write a book about this. I mean, this, the last what six years of the Queensland Reds. I mean, it's so funny because you look at well, the link era was such a high, and you go well, why weren't they playing for the future? But they were. It was the only time I've ever seen an Australian sports team actively plan for a future without their star coach, and they brought in Richard Graham. Let's not go over the old you know rake over the coals of that. But it's so amazing that the one team that tried to plan for this exact eventuality. Um, ended up running smack bang into it, which was just chaos. You know, they had the, you know, had Link as the mentor for a year and brought up the new, the new young coach and, him the ropes of this. You know, taught him the ropes of this successful system, and it's all here we, we are. Well, know, to, to look at the silver lining, uh, you know, the, the the hot
2: news on Tui is that he's from New South Wales and, and wants to come back, and that Sam Kerrvey is also looking at the Waratahs. Those two particular players with their ability to run be extremely physical and bend the line are exactly what the Waratahs need those two players would make uh, in my mind you know I I really feel like the Tars have sort of overperformed a bit I mean you know they finished in the top four but they weren't you know they weren't a top
1: 14 the draw favours them those two guys put those, yeah, those two guys, guys in the mix and then I'm starting to feel very differently about what they're well doing we, like. we were talking on the forum actually this week and about you know how if you could trade and I think you probably can but I'm, I'm not sure what the system is in the Super Rugby that allows you to do it but if you were the Waratahs would you say you know Jake Gordon we'll put Jake Gordon on the table we'll have Luke Antui thank you very much and take count camp Clark while you're there <laughs> you know if you need if you need it or yeah. someone like that not that I like both of those players but you go well hang on well yeah. we can spare one of our two really good halfbacks for Tui, who we need, like yeah, we absolutely desperately
2: need. Tui would solve two problems. Firstly, they need a lock, and then they need someone who's a big ball running guy. Yeah, two two problems in one solution.
0: Well, and and as you talk about, I remember the beginning of the season. We were just like you know three games in, and you just watched the Waratahs running side to side to side to side Mm -hmm. Um, with with eight Ned
1: Hannigans. Yeah,
0: basically just getting knocked you know knocked down. You know that's exactly what they must be out there to buy. Yeah. Oh, I oh, Well, yeah,
1: but I mean, I, I don't know if they see that though, because we had that last year when we had all of the Western Force players flooding into the market and some mm. Melbourne Rebels players and, and they didn't pick up. Nice and Runny. they didn't pick up. We had we picked up the reserve prop Shambui and we yeah. picked up Curtis Ryan. That was it. Yeah. You know, we we and we've now let Nicerani go again, and and you know, Sepp and Ival is floating around by by all accounts, and he's the one that we should be looking at if mm. we can't get Simon Karevi because he's the type of guy. Now we've lost Naiaravoro. We could really do it anyway. Um enough about the Tars as always we've made a <laughs> we really we talking about the reds talking about the Tars. It was
2: just such an easy segue, wasn't it? Um,
1: so. and we can talk about the other two teams in the, in the last question, but uh question four, uh pivoting to the Super final. of course the Crusaders going back to back with a win in Christchurch over the Lions. Um did Richie Mwanga play his way into the All Black 10 jersey? Um, probably man of the match of that game. Jamie, um, what were your thoughts on the final and what were your thoughts on Mr Mwanga? Uh, Mwanga
2: was fantastic. He's been fantastic all year. He was fantastic last year. He's now 24, which is incredible. Jesus. It seems like he's like 21. He's not, he's 24. There is a fantastic article on the, um, <clears throat> the Fairfax New Zealand papers today by Mark Reason talking about uh, it's not even talking about, it's like just a full slated aggressive criticism of Steve Hansen for not promoting youth enough and for not giving Richie Moanga a go. It is just dripping with venom. It's great writing as
0: well. Why? Because Bowden Barrett's so over the hill. That's
2: good, no, the Bowden Barrett's just like is not as good as, as mine. That's the argument. Uh, he just says, look, Moanga is the next big thing. You know, so many of the other great all black players got that chance when they were twenty one. This guy still at twenty four, and it's true. If you listen to Hansen, he's like, "Oh, we need to be very careful with him. You know, uh, get him some experience." But uh, yeah, this this author really doesn't feel. I like don't.
1: Yeah. Right. So to me, it strikes me a little bit of, of the of the issue that we have um, with Tom and Thor and Sakopi Kepu, um, where you know one's probably better than the other. I mean, I'd say Tom and Thor probably the better player than Sakopi but who do I want running out in Birderslow as though one, I'll, I'll put Sikobi in there 10 times out of 10. Australian Thor, please. It's, Aussie I'm... Thor. <laughs> Aussie <laughs> Thor and Australia's greatest prop. Um, Matt, what were your thoughts on the Super Rugby final more, more broadly?
0: Uh, um, they're, they're a bit fuzzy, mate. We um, <laughs> were out at a friend's place. Oh, no, look, I, I thought... Um, Thought the Lions gave it a great crack. I mean, I just always you, know, you feel so they're such an honest
1: team, aren't they? Uh,
0: you feel so I'm sorry for a team that's just come all that distance in a week to play to, you know, we I think you guys talked about it last week about how just crazy that is. Um, you know, the amount of, you know, effort that they just they kind of put into that and they put in it to, you know, to right to the end, but that's the Crusaders, right? It's just they had about 10% possession. Every little detail that they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It was like crazy-ass mm-hmm. possession, wasn't it, that it, they just didn't need um, in order to win that match. It was just, it, yeah. It, it was it was, faci- nice.
2: it was a fascinating game plan as well, wasn't it? The Crusaders were like, well, we're going to stop your mall. We know yeah. that you score about two tries a game from your mall, It's the best in the comp by way. So we're going to focus on that. It did it brilliantly. They stopped about seven more. It was ridiculous. And once that went away from the Lions' plan, they really struggled to think. Okay, how are we actually going to score points? Um, because so much of their of their gain on the scoreboard comes from penalties to the corner. They then started with these peel off moves that they clearly haven't practiced as much as they uh, as they needed to. Um, but the other aspect of the game, I mean, I don't really want to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to do it anyway, is the way that the, the change in the way the game's reft the Crusaders go ahead and then they just commit penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. After penalty. And uh, the refs just seem to forget about the repeated offences cards these days. They're like very assiduous on if there's a single slap down or something like that, that's a yellow. But the Crusaders were managing the game by committing penalties.
0: Oh, that's right, that slap down was at the beginning of the season. By the end of the sure. season, it's open slap up. I don't think I've seen one. Yeah, you yeah. know, can you remember when it was at the beginning of the season it was like, you know, in Anything. the tackle if you yeah. touched it, yeah, you were on the like uh, take your By the end off, of the season, but... yeah, we've kind of <laughs> forgotten that but, one.
2: But I think it's better now, like at least then acknowledging like a slap in the tackle is not a deliberate yeah. knockdown because that's a silly rule. But the, but the but the basic point is the refs need to, to man up well, cool. They need to be more aware of what the teams are trying to do and the Crusaders yeah. were clearly, you know, when you've got these big South African ball runners trying to reduce the number of phases that have to defend in any one segment hmm. by committing penalties, and then
1: they could stop them in the corner. And so they're like, OK, we're going to keep doing this. Yeah. That was the game. Well, Angus Gardner, I thought, did have a good game. Though. I mean, that, and again, yeah. he's the referee bringing it back to our early discussion that understands pace of, pace of play and then backs his own decisions. And, and I think we had one instance of TMO, which was... Again, you know, he looks at two replays and pretty much goes, "Okay." Great. No, he was good. good I, like,
0: I like the firing from the hip and the number of times. I think it was a number of times. He said, "No, I don't need to see that again. I've got it." Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. That was great. And then he got thrown at the curveball. The ball. Bouncing yeah. into the try, and, and then out again, uh, sort of thing, and then you know made the
1: call. Which, which I think on most, I of think the he got away with it bite. because no one quite knew what the laws <laughs> were. Like I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Out. Like, yeah and I don't even ball. think anyone on the ground would say. So, I mean, I think we didn't get the slime replay of where the ball exactly was. I think he was saying that it's been changed from before. If the ball was
2: moving, you could then dot it down. But now the ball actually has to be in the end goal.
1: Yeah, so, so I actually did look up the laws. This Ooh. was the type of Friday and Saturday night I was having, uh, <laughs> which was looking yes, up the relevant section of the laws. Of the laws. <laughs> but essentially, you know the, the thing that you used to do, which was you could... It wasn't based on the position of the ball. It was the, you, you said it right, James. It's, it was the, the position of the player. And so you could do that thing where you stood in the dead ball area, you stood dead and picked up the ball in the field of play, and it As was dead it was and moving. you go back yeah. to the scrum. Now that doesn't happen anymore. It's the ball's got to go dead. And so what Yankees was trying to do was being, well, I'm smart, I'm standing in the in goal, right. and I can pick up the ball in the field of play that, that and one. bring it back. And, and actually, now that, that's not the case. And the, the, the question that I think people on Twitter were debating was, was, was the ball on the line. And if the ball was on the line, then Gardner was wrong because that's obviously classified as being in the in the well, area. The weird thing was, was it looked like it bobbled onto the line and, and then back, back up. Yeah.
2: Um, but that one 10-second passage had a huge influence on the game. I mean, the Lions were right down on the line. Yeah. Then they came on, the Crusaders have a scrum midfield, score immediately.
1: I mean, that was a big Well, that's, big that's the Anchies, um, He's a sort of a quite Cooper-esque sort of moment there.
0: Um, well, I did see somebody else. Like, there was a South African commentator on Twitter who also talked about how, when you take away the um, you know altitude capability again, she's still land penalties from 50 meters. Yeah, that's a lot it? of a Lions game that's kind of gone as well. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, because they, they they use that scoreboard pressure and there's points coming from places that you didn't know, really yeah. feel like you know in the run of play it doesn't look like they deserved it. suddenly that's gone. Because, you know, you're not only not at altitude, it's heavy ball, weather. you know, down there in Christchurch, and that really kind of played with their game as well. Well, I think
1: the thing about the Crusaders is so underrated, though, is is their defence, and that's how they won that game. You know, everyone thinks, oh, Crusaders, razzle-dazzle, side-to-side, great ball use, great skills, you know, um, Kieran Reid and these sort of guys no longer but really the, that game was one with defence and, and we saw the Waratahs struggle to keep the lines up for more than five, six phases they just couldn't hold out those big ball runners hitting the line at pace Malcolm Marks and these sort of blokes going hard and the Crusaders did it and the Crusaders kept doing it and they actually did it a lot more than the Waratahs did and, and repelled you know for, for 10, 15 minutes at a time and that's how they won that game You know that's how they you know, it sort of um, their reputation of being these entertainers is sort of um, uh, selling them short in in what they can do in in that, uh, a bit like the Loretta's, you know, wins and and most of the great super rugby teams actually was really built on their defence rather than their attack which may get a lot more attention. And it's
2: worth noting, I mean, definitely the best team won the competition, like very considerably. Yeah. Um, But they've now won 11 of 23 titles and 18 of those 23 years they've made the, the top four. Cool. Which is incredible in a tournament that's that diverse.
1: Yeah. There's so many mm. different things that can happen. Um, do they get their own conf- you know? Do we put them in a different conference? Do we manage them out with the conference you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think they'd fancy that
2: away trip to Easter Island. I think that would be really brutal. Um,
1: well, congratulations to the Crusaders, but really the real winners were, of course, that, the winners of the Australian Conference, which was the New South Wales Waratahs. So, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> uh, those are the real winners of the Australian Conference and Super Rugby.
0: Well, it also meant that, you know, so Daryl Gibbs got another
1: year. Gibbs has got another year, got another year which is mm. interesting. I thought they were talking but about it too. one year. Yeah, That's... That's... Uh,
2: that says it all right there, I think.
1: Looks like they're going to re-sign Israel Folau, and I think this is a segue to Around the Grounds, which is question five. Israel Folau looks like he's going to put pen to paper for the New South Wales Waratahs. Um, and in other signings going down briefly to Canberra, uh, Tony Pulu, the winger from the Chiefs, who is signing on for the ACT Brumbies. Australia eligible as well. Yes, so, um, he's very
2: quick as well. Very, yeah, I mean, he's his quality. That's a great sign. So he's he,
0: has he got
1: any Australian background? Or is he yeah, Australian, Australian passport. passport. Australian yeah. Passport. Oh, beautiful. So... Um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a Tone. Old Tone. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's one of us. Tone. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's interesting for the Brumbies. Um, and the Rebels just keep signing pretty much everybody. Um, with now Matsunua joining that team, so God knows how they can afford that. But um, Well, I think they're going to cut a lot of those sports players. Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they had They'll probably end up with a squad of forty, but it seems like they just keep letting them do it. So, um, have they still got some like exemptions running next? Well, know, I thought like the exemptions ran bit. out after the, this season, but it seems like you throw Will Genia, Nat um, and the sort of you know Reese and That there's what now Korobedi as well, Naivalu. They've got Wallabies across the park. And they've lost Amanaki Murphy, but they've replaced him with Izzy nice, right So, yeah, Penny's penny penny up. A row, the... <laughs> Certainly a lot, a lot less uh, uh, broken jaw injuries <laughs> that will be keeping people out. That's yeah. wild, that. I don't think we've fully discussed that. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of history there. That's not an isolated incident. There's a bunch of stuff that I don't think we heard about. There's some... Uh, Rumours around why he might have moved on from other clubs in other continents uh, and things like that.
1: But the thing is. What I said, rumours. I don't know anything about these (laughs) rumours. He's so good, though. Like, it's so bizarre. What a dynamic in it. Because in a footy team, to have that, you know, clearly your best player. Like he won the Australian Super Rugby Player of the Year last year, like, and he might win it again this year, you know. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, to be that, to have that sort of behaviour is wild.
2: I at least appreciated that, you know. Right after he clocked one of his teammates in the head, you know, and rugby suddenly looks bad for a bit. Uh, the AFL on the weekend, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a guy King hits a guy, and they're talking about police prosecution. You got eight weeks that the guy just came in tonight. So, yeah. Uh, so we will great, great again, you know. By Comparison, it's
1: yeah, um, I'm, I'm feeling more buoyed about our game this week though. Maybe it's that 10,000 people turning up to a Wallaby trial, it's so good, yeah. It, it reminds me of what it's all about, but um, a few, I suppose, slightly um, off topic, um, isn't it all up in topic? yeah, this is around the ground, up, did, up, actually, around the ground. up around the ground. We well, 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 on a slightly note, what's happened up in Queensland with um, schoolboy. Um, spinal injuries, which yes, has been sure. four, I believe, in the space of about a month, and certainly two, I know, um, fairly serious. Well, they're saying,
0: like, there hasn't been any, there hasn't been one for 10 years. Yeah. Or something like this. hasn't been, been
2: any type of injury like this for 10 years. And though. then,
0: like, four and four weeks. Um, yeah. Which is absolutely... And obviously,
1: great. our thoughts go out to everyone in those communities yeah. up there, extremely tight, knit, um, especially in that sort of Brisbane GPS area. Um, but I think the thing that shocked that
0: everybody that, is that it's not scrums.
1: Yeah, yeah I think four, one was, one was scrum, scrums,
0: yeah, and three were tackles. Uh, uh, I
2: believe two of them were for t- from Toowoomba, mm-hmm. and they happened on consecutive days.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just one of those things. Like, what do you do? I mean, that's. I mean, this is why you sort of we we talk about these um, law trials around lowering the tackle height and these sort of things about taking, you know, taking the dangerous element out of the game as much as we can. And certainly, I know. Um, at the senior level, at Wallaby level, and Test level, Super level, it often draws a bit of um, you know, discussion, debate around lifting tackles and high tackles, and maybe pushing it too far in the way that we sanction those. But then, you know, do they? Pre- you know, neck injuries, obviously, are sort of those freak, um, freak occurrences that you really can't um, prevent with with any sort of legal mm. sanction. Well, as I understand,
0: and, I, and look, I even like. Um I can understand why people aren't necessarily going into the real details of all of it because you know respecting some of the privacy of uh, the you know the kids involved. But I haven't seen any suggestion that they were like dangerous that no. anyone was upended and put on their head or anything like that. I, yeah. know, I know at least one of them was described in the in um, in the media and it was like a you know kid diving over the try line and someone came with a with a you know and it was like a, attempting a try saving tackle and apparently the kids who were involved are completely distraught. So. There's not any suggestion of, you know, someone did something dumb. I haven't heard that, but then there hasn't been a lot of details released. Which then kind of goes, you know, I don't think... I haven't heard anything that says that, for example, tackle below the nipple line would have stopped any of this stuff. That's exactly what I was going to say.
2: One of the reasons why I think these tackling below the nipple line is completely ridiculous is, apart from the concussion issue, uh, that one issue, no one is suggesting that that is going to stop people doing their ACL. No one is suggesting that you get spinal injuries from from high tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already dealt with the tip tackle thing pretty severely in the last couple of years. Like, and there's, uh, there's I know there's a couple of rugby scribes out there who say, look, all the stats show the same thing, which is the serious injuries that happen in rugby, the vast majority happen at the ruck. They don't even happen at the tackle at all. And I think if you think about it logically, that sounds about right. Uh, and these measures they're
1: introducing, I don't, it doesn't sound like they would have saved any of these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know to show you how random it can be. Um, Richard Tom's former North and, and Waratah centre um, picked up a similar injury over the weekend uh, as a goalie for for, for a soccer team. Then bending down to pick up a ball, and he ran into someone else, um, and and it seems like he's also in, in a pretty. Um, pretty tough way so our thoughts go out to him and his family as well so um
2: and a very underrated player too I was think. he was I think actually he was part of the 91 world cup winning Wallabies. i think he was uncapped, uncapped. but he was the backup with david Knox. Mm. i think
0: so the one thing that, that, that does come out of this is just it's it's a, it's 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 really i don't know what's the word i'm looking for here it's um co- clearly hugely unfortunate and tragic for the um, kids and their families who are involved and their friends. But um, in terms of the message that goes out there for rugby, I mean, this is just, you know, already we know that it's something that's really dramatically affecting the junior, you know, pickup you know, around clubs. You know, it's just... that And and is driving, you know, mums on the North Shore to put their kids into, you know, Aussie rules is the perception, and soccer, the perception that it's that much safer, they don't, they don't want little Johnny... Um, you know, but potentially hurting himself, and so this is, ex- and, and and what's even worse is that it's not in a scrum, because at least they think, well, Little Johnny's not a prop, and so, you know, he's he's kind of, you know, skinny and out in the ring, but he'll be okay, because he's not near anywhere where he could get hurt in a serious way, to hear that, no, no, you can, is is really, really bad news, you know, in my, in, in a, in, in, for rugby from, from that perspective, because that's that's the ultimate fear that I think a lot of, you know, that's driving a lot of what's holding back and a lot of the um, defection. I mean, of all the things we've got going on in rugby at the moment, which aren't great, you know, I think this is actually one of those ones that's a real body blow um, if, depending on how much it sort of picks up. Um, We were talking earlier on about the media coverage has been a bit sporadic of it, um, which probably isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, So, you know, anyway, that's the main thing you hope for is that you know for you know the best recovery possible for all the all the kids involved but um, um yeah it's it's also just like i'm really really unfortunate for the game and like we said at the top nothing for 10 years and then this um but it's something that you know really sticks in people's minds unfortunately
2: we'll have to take a turn onto something a little brighter Surely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um well we uh, continuing to go around the grounds. Um, I know the Wallabies up in camp in Cessnock uh, this week. Heartland of Rugby Union, or, or, or Nettnock as it's known. Well, upper you North Shore. <laughs> the upper, upper uh, yeah, the um, I don't know if you're being sarcastic there, Jane, but actually, I, I think you'll find the hunter numbers for rugby are in fact quite strong to the point where um, the AIU might be looking to do more in that space, and I would be. Um, yeah, looking out for some announcements um, about that in in coming days, weeks. Well, months. I am
2: I am almost always being sarcastic, and my wife loves that.
0: <laughs> uh, so does that mean like uh, so? Co- what are you, what are you kind of, yeah. trying
1: to drop here? Like look, in- I can't actually. I'm now speaking prefer from. Uh, um, look, let's move on quickly. A uh, <laughs> yes, new so, uh, Super Rugby team uh, and and in, in the, the Hunter Valley. Valley is, is that what you're trying to uh, say? Uh, that might be um, looking to be held in the Hunter, which would be fantastic. Um, the Hunter and... Renewable Energy Miners or something, I can see it now. <laughs> and I'm trying to look up the Queensland Premier Rugby Finals because I know um, Easts well, we know uh, East's in there, there. I believe the University of Queensland are the other teams have be in there as well. Well, the um, other talking
0: point we haven't come on to then yeah. is the uh, number of global rugby fans who found out That's that right. today from, from World Rugby and that there are indeed more rugby fans in China than there are Australians, So, um, or as many as. So 25 million in China. I think there were 30 million in Brazil. That's just uh, absolute horseshit. i got to be honest, sometimes, come sometimes
2: when you're compiling these lists, you've got to get to the end and go, hey, is that is that even vaguely plausible? And the answer is no.
1: That's numbers even the the ARU would would turn up their nose at and go, hang on, even for us, that's a little bit... That's milking it. by these numbers,
0: New Zealand, Australia and England didn't even rank in the top ten of rugby-supporting nations. So you do kind of wonder if they ask the question, had you ever heard of a sport called rugby? Yeah. And if you answered yes, uh, you're a fan? I'm kind of guessing...
2: I'm, I'm really excited about the regional rivalry between uh, China and Mongolia. I think that's gonna <laughs> Oh, be yeah. Sell-out really... game. Sell-out
0: game. But the worst thing is that, like, the, uh, the damage you get out of this, though, right, is like... Then you've got Brett Gosper up there going, "This is just shows that we need more expansion." Yeah, you know you, the next thing yeah. is the Brazilian like, rugby team that we've got like to the Singapore slingers because, playing because, in. The- you know, <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> <laughs> because you know Andy Marinos is like, "Oh, let's cash in on that um, Brazilian, you know, that brick money that this is just waiting to come into you know to, into rugby." That seems to be about as good as the strategy's been in uh,
2: super yeah. rugby expansion. And, and the constant idea of globalising instead yeah. of deepening. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just widen all the time. Uh, it's pretty, pretty uh, short-sighted.
1: I think that's almost it. I'm trying, I'm racking my brains. So certainly um, blood is low coming up, only... Just uh, ten days away, or, or I think um, well, thirteen days away. Well, I saw the buy oh, just started. Yeah,
2: yeah, the Blacks left for we are right. the unbackable How favourites. That is, someone's um, got good. We haven't come out hard enough yeah, on that. The, I think the, the All Blacks are a dollar twenty, and we They're are not. Are, uh, so certainly I the money see. seems to suggest we are not the unbackable favourites. But
1: the New Zealanders. Say we are. So. <laughs> that's. I mean, even for Steve Hansen, I think we just—he's a bit like Trump. You know, you just sort of go, "Well, you can say what you want, mate. We've we've stopped listening years the ago." Thing I, always is so
0: like, I always forget how much I dislike Steve
2: Hansen. Yeah. 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 yeah read really one headline you're like, "Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that freak." You know, I really some of the guys who are involved in rugby, you think, "Oh, I'd really like to to get to know them." But you know, I think it's if you put him, Eddie Jones, and Jake White in a small oh, room, man. I think that would be very entertaining. um because they all seem very unpleasant. But people. speaking of Eddie, you who looks to be his defence coach now.
1: Yeah, um, John Mitchell. Yes. Can you believe it? Talk I'll about, let's talk it. about let's <laughs> toxic influences. Let's <laughs> have John Mitchell for that please.
2: John Mitchell, wow. who after finishing last in, uh, in Super Rugby uh, in the South African conference, went to the board and asked for ten million US dollars worth of funds to re-bolster his squad. <laughs> The, the very <laughs> definition of, this wasn't my fault, it's the tools that I've got to work with. Ten million so dollars. Apparently the Bulls board laughed him out of the room. <coughs> so David Nicafore is going to go in there as a tack coach,
0: and then Eddie and John Mitchell, and then you go, and you've got
1: your... Oh, yeah. Man, that is that is something else. Um, yeah, so Blooderslow coming up. Um, obviously anyone in Sydney, make sure you get your tickets. So I'm doing everyone a favour and taking off overseas because of the last two times I was there... Uh, I think we was 40 mil at half time both games. So um, let's just hope it, if we can keep it under under 25 at half time, we might be with a shot. Who knows? Well, we all know like what the key is
2: it's making the tackles. Yeah, well, like well, in the matches where the score is low, we do great. That's it. Make the tackles, we'll, we'll be good. So people have been telling me that we won a Bodazo last year. We did. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, I, I, I have no memory of it. it original system indigenous. <laughs> the, test. The, first one, the third what one, it was jerseys. I, a, I can't. Corbetti right scored a really Corre good
1: tried over someone right. in the corner. Yeah, uh, Hodge got an early Hodge intercept. got an intercept try, um, and then and then we just kicked a lot of penalties. things else happened? I don't know. If, I don't know. Think we scored another try. I think it was just a lot of penalties. Oh no, no, no. no. Falau, Falau burst onto a ball from deep. Yes, he did. That's and right. The
2: whole of the New Zealand back line went. Where the fuck did he come from? Yeah, and he scored in the corner. That's there. right. Okay, yeah, no, it's more making sense that I was actually there. <laughs> <laughs> So if if anybody else, if if anyone on the website wants to sign on to green and gold rugby package tours to Brisbane, (laughs) uh, sponsored (laughs) sponsored by Bundaberg Rum.
0: Can guarantee you a time good enough that you won't remember what actually happened. (laughs) Which is so weird
1: that you can't, like, I try and forget the losses but you can't <laughs> win <laughs> <laughs> uh, well there's so much to uh, oh there's so much to it's about been enough it's, it's coming back to me now just
0: like that feeling of when you're in a bar after a blood is low and there's no kiwi in your face yeah you know, it's like it's an unusual situation it's so,
1: like being just having a wallaby win is just so bizarre it's like the first island test. well I, I promise I we'll we'll never go back but it. I'm
0: going to be out at ANZ uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Ah, oh, good okay. on, yeah. You. Good but, on yeah, you.
1: yeah. on yeah. Well, hey, there's a Champions Lounge. Someone well, go? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to quaff those delightful glasses of champagne. Oh, um, well, I think like, we've got a stable team, haven't we? Like, actually, we're going with a little bit of stability. And you've got to say this year, I mean, you don't want to put you know too great an emphasis on it, but we are in a better position than we were the last two years. We have to be, don't we? I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, but... Yeah, I think that issue at 13 We're not minutes. coming off a loss to Scotland or being beaten 3-0 by England. And that's then... true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, look, and that whole...
0: The Ireland... I mean, the more you talk about it, you know, that whole Ireland series looked completely different if that last pass stuck. Yeah, it did. Right? Which it should have. I mean, yeah. it really... We should should. have... No, in, in, in a number of ways yeah. we discussed, we should have scored that try. Yeah. Um, although you can also say that's why we... Deserve to win the team. I
1: flashed back to it again the other day on the bus going in, going, God, how did we screw that up?
0: Yeah. What well, it was, yeah, it was it 5 on 3. Uh, yeah. Any international team should have been able to knock that one over, every, you know, with 10 metres to go. Yeah. You know, should have been knocking that one over every day. I mean, you yeah, deep in the 80th minute, fatigue, everything else. But yeah. anyway, yeah. you do that and you're like, happy days. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, it's
1: a different discussion, isn't
0: it? You're walking in very, very, very different. So, so then, the other way of looking at it is that underlying the underlying fundamentals aren't that bad, right? You're, yeah. Yeah. You know, you've only just missed out to the best team in Europe. Um, you know, you, you, you're definitely going to. And, and, and the All it's,
1: it's, it's funny. The All Blacks aren't. They are a settled house, are they? I mean, look at that squad. They've lost it's a lot. Sonny of... Williams. They've lost um, the centre whose name escapes me, who was also really good. Lau Maipi. Lau Maipi. They haven't peaked. Yeah, um, the looks of they it also a didn't get Vaya Fafita, who scored that, who really scored that try, try yeah. against Argentina yeah.
2: last year. Um, there's definitely not. They've lost
1: knows. the prop, Nepo Lalala. He's out for. Oh, he's, and always, he's, always, a, he's he's always out. Yeah. Um, so you look at it and you go, "Geez, you know, if, if if a few things go away, I mean, I think from memory we've got." Yako Piper again I think I'm, I, can't, I'm, I can't I can't be sure just, of that no, but, uh, no, no. <laughs> I know The Piper no, no no hey,
2: <laughs> Look, look the, the South African refs Love a dominant pack Scrum, Scrum and more And I think that's Basically our, our Route 1 At the moment Is uh,
1: That's why I mean I, 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 It'd be interesting to see What they do with Tidehead prop Because you would be tempted As much as I've just Given an, an impassioned defence of Kopee Kepu You'd be tempted to so put it all on black and here's, go. Well, and here's, here's
0: my nightmare scenario, though, with Tom and Thor, which is that, and I, so I saw Cully spot this the other day as well. Which damn it, which is that he bores in, and it's been what we've been doing, right? Yeah, we've been sharing in on the tight, you know, since you know the last World Cup and, and getting and getting away with it, um, and, and as they have most people, and, yeah. and did in the past, and we we just couldn't either do it or deal with it. Um, but Thor is doing, it, and he's doing it fantastic because of the power that he's able to put through, True. right? He's yeah. he's able to go through the middle of most scrums. It will be, and it seems to yeah. be at the moment, and it seemed to have happened at the same time that suddenly there's no overhead cams, so no one can <laughs> disagree with it. Yes, why the cam's gone. That's a fascinating cams. why that
1: stopped. Uh, there's, there's, no one's talked there, no it. No
0: one's mentioned it, but suddenly the technology was no longer there that we yeah. can have an overhead cam, All right? right. So and I think we've gone backwards. In <laughs> but suddenly, how many technical scrum penalties are there in? Well, that's right, oh, there's none. none. And
1: we, we were having this interesting discussion on the forum about scrums are now almost binary. It's, it's that you you put the ball in and the ref will sit back and if a certain scrum can achieve dominance unless the scrum rapidly wheels around one way or the other mm-hmm. then you just go okay you win the penalty and, and there's less you know you don't see a dominant scrum these days penalised for, for unless it's really obvious yes. someone coming in on the angle the one that was Angus Garner did to his credit on the weekend was finally getting the Lions for popping up in the scrum and that was yeah. what they were doing to the Waratahs and yeah. they got away with it with Glenn Jackson coming in and just driving up and it then, like the, and, then, and, then and, and then all of a sudden instead of them getting the penalty Glenn, Glenn the Jackson run. is the absolute worst of that he loves yeah. refereeing
2: the dominant team Regardless of whether that dominance is achieved legitimately, but I must say I do disagree with Matt. I think Tom Thor is an amazing scrummer. has never committed a scrum offence, and, <laughs> and never will either. I mean, I saw I saw a photo of him recently standing in a huddle next to David Pocock, who is not a small human being, and the size of the Tom and Thor's calves are just off the chain. I mean, he is he's just such a powerful...
1: Well, I, I mean, I think. You know, I was—I think I bemoaned on a podcast a little while ago, maybe it was about a year ago. Whereas, you know, where's the young sensation? We haven't had that Quake Cooper, sure, sure. you know, Curtly uh, Beal players break onto the scene and really get people's eyes. And I think if Tom and Thor was a five eight or a, or, a, or an inside center or something, I think everyone would be going wow. And I think it's—I think he's still got the potential. To, I mean, I've said Keppel is a stress prop, but if we play our cards right with Tom and Thor, I mean. Yeah, you know, the traditional thing is props. Well, you know they come good in scrummaging when they're twenty eight, twenty nine. Right. As Keppu did. Kepo was on the scene for a long time before he was any good. Yeah, yeah. And and Tom and Thor now comes in and only what what is he twenty two? Yeah. And he is already an outstanding scrummager. His ball carrying is amazing. I mean, what... what, what I, mean,
0: it's I mean also I just don't see the upside to trying to get him into the no no as, as, what, as, long, but, as long as Kepo is is kind of oh. trundling on there. I think it's a perfect yeah. one, too. Yeah. And then, you know, and also, you know, that that sort of power to bring on the last half an hour is just... should be one that's going to be more destructive.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that island series, we saw some things that didn't really answer questions, like, is Caleb Timu ready at that level? It's not yeah. really clear. But the the Tom and Thor, the way he runs in Super Rugby, where he just brushes people off, like, he did that at the top level. Like, he made international lovers defenders look like club defenders, like just unable to deal with how big and powerful he was. I'm excited to see him in you know, a little bit more space in the wider yeah. channels. Well, that's... that's quite will be quick. See, it's quite quick too.
1: And, and there will come a time with everything where he is too good to keep out. And I yeah. don't think we're there yet, but if I you just, asked, asked me in a month... Yeah, I think we, it's we, we could We could have that, you know. Um... There's only
0: so much of that power that as a guy that big you can express for so long in, a, in an 80 minute match yeah. at international level where it's going at a different pace. And again, that's why I just think, you know, you, you risk the chance of in a match him blowing out because of the workload you're going to put on him. Yeah. Whereas if he's only got half an hour away, yeah. it's like, you know, just go eight. Um, so yeah, I, it's just of all the things we need to worry about, like, is he starting or not? I kind of just think, I mean, especially for props as they kind of you know mature, why not? Um, you know, holding back, but yeah, no, that'll be fascinating to watch.
1: Well, only a little bit over a week away, so I think it's probably a good note to to wrap it up. I think we're sort of in the well in the ramblings We're right around. I know, have we? We can see to so Yeah, we yeah, totally. So Wallabies by twenty five. Um, oh, at least uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom Banks is <laughs> going to score four tries off the bench late. So tonight. I'm looking forward to that Tom Banks Tom Robertson combination coming on late. The two Toms uh, will be sensational. um yeah, so I think that, that, that's about up, uh, enough for a week, and as I said, I'm, I'm off for a few weeks, and um, I'm where, sure where are you going? I'm off to uh, a friend's wedding in Italy, so really tough times for me. That's the I'll Chairman's be, Lounge of holidays. Yeah, I won't, I won't be going to the Chairman's Lounge of airlines, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> so, you know, you win some, you lose some. So um, just when
0: we had the chance, you know, the crew's getting together, that packed them in our third ever live
2: podcast. I'm, I'm also going away for two weeks. Oh, so well, okay, okay. To Austria. Oh, cool. oh delightful. Cool. What's
1: going on here? Well, it's winter. You, uh, it's, yeah, you know, it, it is, like, I, I, can, need I, I need know, to escape, I can, escape the cold. It, right. yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it is to park the cold. And cold. It's flat. That's
2: yeah. why we've been getting so excited here, is we're just trying to warm ourselves up. <laughs> Matt, Matt's actually got his sentence in his buckets, and he's quivering his legs. like...
1: <laughs> uh, well anyway uh, um, uh, thank you for listening and um, yeah we'll, we'll do it all again next week
0: heels off the top Larkham Herbert smashes through the middle Regan drop goal
2: from Larkham up it goes could you believe it Larkham has to be a to beer.